0: Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tump hope Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini,
1: and Colin McLaughlin. Good, av- good afternoon, everyone. We welcome you into this June 15th edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside Mikal McLaughlin and Avery Newport as tonight on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 we'll have uh, Berkeley Post 14 Hornets Baseball and for the first time this season and the show is brought to you in part by Brown Fenor Homes and Cremations Robert Fields and Sons, a family owned full service funeral Home that has proudly served our area since 1880 and with that uh, they take on Leesburg tonight and we'll now welcome to the program Trip Tobin, the head coach of uh, Berkeley Post fourteen. Trip, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good. How about you guys?
1: We're doing well. Uh, so your season is off to a pretty good start. You guys are five and two to begin the year. What have you kind of seen from the team so far? And I know uh, made it to the championship game in your last tournament, but came up a little bit short.
2: Yeah, we came up a little bit short in Morgantown. Um, I think we learned a little bit about, you know, our pitching staff and, and the ca- their capabilities on, um, you know, when we short start them and, and try to save. I mean, that's something they weren't quite used to throughout the season. So trying to uh, short start them was sort of a something that we learned there as a coaching staff. I think we made a little mistake as a coaching staff. there thinking that we could, you know, throw some guys on um, Saturday, 30 some pitches and then, you know, bring them back. Uh, on, the, on that sort of rest, something they weren't used to throughout the season, as they would generally get a start, throw their pitches, you know, 70, 80, or the max, and then have their rest. So, it's something that we have to build as far as stamina, or, or you know, maybe some guys just aren't built that way, um, and a few guys can. But we did learn that, you know, that that we probably need to um, keep those guys to what they're used to and what they've been accustomed to throughout the year. You know, and, and maybe try to slowly transform that into, um, you know, more appearances and maybe less uh, pitches per appearance. And some of the guys may just, you know, stay with their, with with that, you know, max pitch count and come back every, you know, six days or so. So we learned a little bit there. I think mainly we just kind of Morgantown told us that we can't go into those tournaments. You know, like in a 50 yard dash, it's more of a marathon because we were. We were really good the first couple of games, and then we just kind of um, fell off at the end. And in uh, the Steubenville came from behind, and um, you know all the all the two seed, and just had a little more energy that day.
3: Hey, Trip, this is Avery Newport. Um, uh-huh. You you mentioned your your pitching staff a little bit there, and um, Caleb Edwards is going to be taking the hill for you guys tonight. He just recently joined the team, so you talked about pitch counts and trying to get. Everybody's stamina back up. What are you expecting Mm -hmm. from him since he just joined the team and is just getting acclimated uh, to pitching again?
2: Well, Caleb was a guy that, you know, we had talked about pitching and maybe doing a P.O. role, and uh, he was kind of um, didn't quite know how his summer schedule was going to work out, and and, uh, Wednesday nights kind of worked out for him. And so, you know, we were in a a situation where, you know, we were still – you know, we're still looking forward to him possibly coming out and throwing some innings for us, and 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 really helping him and and helping us. It's 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 a win-win. He's been on a sort of a pitching regimen from his coach up there, where he's headed to at the, the, the smaller Penn State College. So he has been working out. He threw his bullpen yesterday. Looked really good. Looked really strong. He's got a summer job. You know, as most of these young men do. So, you know, I expect him. You know, for you know Sam Walls, who's a great pitching coach. You know, to keep an eye on him, talk to him every inning and just see where his stamina is at. Um, I don't expect, you know, I can't say for sure, but I don't expect him to go, you know, you know, uh, Max pitch. We're looking to get Daquan you know, some innings. He wasn't able to get with us over at Morgantown. We've got uh, uh, Hartman back, and he needs to probably see an inning or two as well. He was away last week, so you'll know, work them guys back in. Uh, you guys may not know um, we're playing nine innings tonight, so we're gonna have lots of innings, and you guys get a, get to get to charge Hornby a little overtime, maybe.
4: I don't think he'd be happy with that, but uh, who? has really led your team here so far this season?
2: Well, I mean, when you look at leadership, of course, you know, uh, Weber has, has brought, you know, some of that leadership and some of that maturity in, um, you know, came who came back from Davidson Elkins has a very quiet uh, leadership about him. But, you know, when you look at uh, some of the, the high school guys that are, that are, it's, you know, it's unbelievable what, what somebody like Colin Reed can do as far as his baseball IQ and uh you know, helping the guys, you know, pick up pitches. You know, we got Morgantown was, or excuse me, Steubenville was tipping his pitches. And I think, you know, a couple of the guys, Reed and Jack, were able to help the other the other young men. Um, you know, just the nuances of the game in that part of as far as leadership goes, you look, look to those guys. Um, you know, Chase Herndon has just quietly done his job, went up there and embraced the leadoff spot. A lot of people don't like to do that. Um, you know when he when when he fails or when they what they consider a failure or when he has adversity, um, you know on the mound or, or at the plate, you know he gets back and gets his stuff uh, put away and gets ready to get in the field without a lot of um, a drama that comes with it at that age. Sometimes they like to go in and carry on and make sure everybody knows that they're not happy about their. Uh, You know their moment, momentary failure. So those kind of guys, you know, they really, they really uh, pick the team up. You know, Ty Broughton who's not, uh, who's been, who's been um, splitting time, catching some of the Washington pitchers, and then then he also has a lot of time games where he doesn't play at all. But just a great kid to have on the bench um, with you, beside you, ready to go anytime. You know, warm pitchers up. He, He he understands the game and. You know, he's calling defenses, talking to me about what we should and shouldn't do here, and just a just a great group of kids, and I could go on and, and name them one through 18, but um, that's a few of the guys that have really stepped it up. And, and, and Sifford, uh, Landon Sifford pitched, played second, caught, and played left field over the weekend. So he's a guy that we can count on to do just about anything as well, and he uh, embraces his role as well. And then I can't leave out Trevor Boy, He's set most of the tournament with more. I think, Friday night against Morgantown, and he sat all day Saturday, and I sat through the semifinal. And there he was, giving his team a chance to uh, to win against Stevensville Come in off the bench uh, when when uh, Dylan Dylan short started. He had a little arm stiffness, and he come right in off the bench. You know, so he's always ready. Always, he's in, he's in an awkward role, but um, just just a great kid to have in that role.
1: And uh, trip this Leesburg team that you guys are matched up with tonight have uh, several players going on to play Division One and uh, just college baseball in general. So, uh, will be a really good opportunity for your guys to go up against some great competition.
2: Yeah, they were some of the best competition we have seen last week. I mean, a lot of people are going to tune in and think, looking at this EPAC All Star team they call it, and think that they're going to, you know, just be able to roll most teams. But um, that team there is going to be one of the other teams, we face this, you know, in, in out of conference in uh, on our schedule. So, um, and that's the good part about summer baseball. We get to see a lot of competition. We get to engage ourselves against some of the best competition. I think we played them last year three times. Uh, they got us two out of three. Got us pretty good one time. So, um, they hit the baseball. I mean, they hit it, and um, and they, they like coming to P.O. Faulkner, and uh, they're they're a classy bunch, and and they play. Uh, they play the game the right way. So uh, you guys are gonna see some some really good baseball tonight, I believe, out of both sides.
4: Let's now uh, get into pitching a lot of depth for uh your team. How much has that uh, benefited your team early on?
2: Well been, I mean certainly we went over in uh, Frederick and we faced a, a D one commit over there and uh you know in a big left hander and uh uh Braden Stoudemire and Colin Reed were able to um, keep them down to two-run guys into extra innings, and then we came back and had Stevens and a couple of other guys through West, and and uh, you can name them across the board and give us an opportunity to really get after them. But over the weekend, you know, we we did come up a little stiff. A couple of arms weren't, weren't accustomed to that, like I say, that short start, and, uh, you know, we had expected that possibly Stoudemire would go against uh, more, or excuse me, Parkersburg on Sunday and followed him up with Reed, read or depending on the, you know, the lead or not who we would follow there. And then we would have, you know, Dylan uh, Stevens and, and uh, all the other guys ready to go. But um, some of the guys just weren't ready, you know, for that uh, two days in a row pitching Dylan. Um, Dylan came off the mound in the third inning with some, with uh, some tenderness and, um, you know, when we tell the kids, hey, if you feel anything, these games, these, depending on first-round games, uh, seeding games, championship games, that's the summer baseball. And the last thing that we want to do is, is some type of injury. So we're, you know, we, we have them ultra-cautious there. So could he have gutted it out? Would it have been the championship game of the regional or something? Probably. Um, but it just wasn't worth it there. Same way with Colin Reed. He came up a little tender. So as you see, Colin, on Sunday, he, he dh and then we kind of kind of hoped he would get, come in and play some first and just uh, and just really watch his arms. So those two guys were slated to pitch multiple innings on Sunday and just had a little tenderness from the five games. So we pulled back there, and uh, hopefully we can learn from that and move forward. Both the guys yesterday at practice were pretty much back to 100%. Both felt good. I think it's just a little, what, what we call in baseball, tendinitis. It sounds really, really bad, but it's just a little bit of, overuse and um you know like again with having a guy like Sam on the staff it's just awesome that he can um you know let those guys know that it's okay, you know, especially in the summer, especially early, you know, to to um to throw uh caution ahead of of any wins or victories or things like that. So it's kinda of where we're at right now, feeling the guys out. Staff is is big so we don't have to we don't have to um you know force these guys. These guys don't have to gut out a performance or play in pain at the moment. (laughs) Hopefully never. We don't ever want to do that, but certainly wasn't a time right out of the gate first tournament to go out there and show how tough he was and then end up, you know, out for the season or out for multiple weeks. All
1: right, Tripp, thank you for joining us here on the show Mm -hmm. today. And uh, looking forward to the game tonight and good luck
2: tonight. All right. Thank you. See you later.
1: That was Trip Tobin, the uh, head coach of the Berkeley Post-14 Hornets, as we uh, get set for their game tonight. Definitely looking forward to see all these guys together on one team. And uh, this Leesburg team seems pretty talented, Colin, so it should be a fun uh, game to watch tonight. Nine innings as well. so
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to announce it tonight, and you guys can uh, tune in on Talk Radio WRNR or on TV10 or our YouTube page, WRNR TV. First pitch at 7 p.m. Pregame will start at 6.40 p.m.
1: All right, well, that will do it for this segment. This segment of the show brought to you in part by Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Visit them online at parsonsford.com. When we come back, we'll talk... Uh, football. We got a few different things to talk about in the NFL. That's coming up on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten.
0: After a two-year COVID break, Valley Guns 2 is having their seventh annual sidewalk sale on July 2nd. Browse 108 feet of sale and clearance items such as Smith & Wesson handguns like the MP2.0 40 caliber full-size semi-auto and the MP2.0 compact or the Model 60 Pro Series and 442 revolver. It's the seventh annual sidewalk sale at Valley Guns 2, exit 5 off I-81 in Wood West Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. Game days in almost heaven. There's nothing else quite like it. The crisp fall air, the smell of the tailgates all around, the renewal of storied traditions while hanging out with friends and meeting new ones. That's a game day at Milan Pushkar Stadium, where the pageantry of college football and the Mountaineers are a way of life. Join us on game days. Buy your season tickets today at wbugame.com. You're tuned into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
1: We welcome you back to this. Wednesday, june fifteenth, twenty twenty two edition of the sports mix. Nick Verzellini alongside McCall McLaughlin and Avery Newport on the show day again. Spencer on vacation this week. Still uh, tuning in though. Hi is. Spencer.
3: Yeah. He's in
1: the Facebook comments, so Colin informed us he will not be doing that when he uh goes on vacation.
4: Yeah, I I'm sorry. It's okay.
3: It'll be a, a pretty wide time difference it from yeah, from Spain to here, so yeah. Probably won't work, but
4: it could. I'd just probably be at dinner. Yeah, which you know,
3: you're spending time with your folks. You, exactly. You know,
4: eating a meal. I hope it all goes well though. I mean, I might try to if I can. Doing nothing else, maybe tune into the show or to Little League. But Little League, it'll probably. But if you're be not like doing anything else when you're in me. Spain, then that's yeah. probably a bad exactly. sign. Yeah,
3: you should be doing something. It might like
4: be it, raining. Though. I mean,
3: potentially. What's the climate like in Spain?
4: I don't know. Okay. Little <laughs> divergence.
3: Well, yes, well, we'll find out. This is a sports Having show.
4: <laughs>
1: when you get to Spain, column you can tell us what the climate is. I will figure that out. Uh, but in terms of what we're going to talk about in this segment, we're going to talk football and talk. We're going to start with the Ravens. I think. Have and you done we'll, the
4: read yet? I know we got sidetracked. So
1: I, I yeah, I can do it now. I was going to do it at the end, but I guess I should do it now, right? The the show is brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated, 360 Hack Wilson Way and Martinsburger online at Orsini's.com. Uh, but the Ravens have a few issues with their interior defensive lineman. Uh, Derek Wolf, as we know, uh, has had hip surgery for the second time this year in the past five months. Uh, So the Ravens and him have agreed on an injury settlement. And one of the guys that they brought back this year, nose tackle Michael Pierce, who has had some weight issues in the past. And we don't know what the issue is exactly, but he's not at minicamp. So there is some concern, I think, about that interior defensive line for Baltimore. Wolf, I don't know when he was going to return anyway. He didn't play all of last year but with Pierce, a, a pretty solid offseason acquisition when he plays, he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with on the inside. And if it is a weight issue and not maybe just like a personal issue with something off the field, uh, that would concern me about the Ravens because I think Clayus Campbell's aging the D line all of a sudden, while it's been pretty solid over the years, I think is definitely opening up some holes and, uh, this team has struggled to pass rush. If they can't stop the run, due to the inconsistencies of the defensive line, the defense, yeah, they have a great secondary, but what else do they really have in place there? And this is an early concern, I think.
3: Yeah, Pierce. no, I I would totally agree. As Ravens fan, um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. The a lot of the core pieces of the D line are starting to get old, and they've had injury issues, and um, that that's a concern. I think the one positive for Pierce is that. He was a Raven in the past and he knows the defense and he that's knows that's a new defensive hands. coordinator. Yeah, it's a new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. So that's a concern. He's been here before, but there has been a, a pretty substantial bit of change since the last time he suited up for the Ravens. Of course, he was uh, playing for Minnesota the last couple of years. So that's a change. He doesn't know exactly what McDonald's going to be doing now since he's the new defensive coordinator. Um, so that that's certainly something to keep an eye on. And I... I they didn't really address the D-line in the draft very much. They, Travis Jones. Yeah, true. But, um, you know, he was, what, a third-round pick, I think? Yeah, yeah he was I, I think that
1: a lot of people thought he was first-round potential and, and graded it as a steal for the Ravens. So in that perspective, you know, you have Travis Jones and Justin Matabuke coming back on the D-line that are younger guys that could provide a spark. But you did send some money toward Pierce, and you were hoping he could make an impact. Obviously, it's so early that as long as he's not out of shape, you know, and he gets there in in time for training camp and stuff, I don't think it will be a big deal. But he's had some injury issues as well, so there is a little bit of concern here for me. Sure, you know I'm,
4: I'm not the big Ravens fan, but uh, I I agree that you guys should be concerned because defensively, uh, that's the backbone typically for the Ravens, especially in uh, that division. A lot of teams are. Uh, heavily defensive favored it seems like franchise wise but there are teams like the uh, Bengals if you want to always say the Steelers even though it seems like they might have a down year this year what exactly is a down year for Pittsburgh so if you can't get pass rushing how tough it, or how easy is it going to be uh, for offenses to find success?
3: Well, I like Odafe Owe last year, the, the first uh, draft pick for the Ravens. He he showed some flashes. Tyus Bowser is still there, too. So they've got some some talented edge rushers that really haven't lived up completely to their potential yet. But, um, you know, in, in a new scheme with a new defensive coordinator, they might be utilized a little differently. The two of them have had some injury issues as well, so... Um, you know there are some young pieces I think that can kind of be the cornerstones of of what the defensive line is going to do this year. Uh, but really, the the big concern defensively for the Ravens last year was the secondary and all the injury issues they had there uh, with Marlon Humphrey and um, Marcus Peters missing a lot of time last year. The Ravens having to rely on a lot of young guys to step up and play more important roles that they might not have been ready for at the time. So that was the problem last year and that was why the Ravens had one of the worst pass defenses in the league. But those guys are healthy now. They drafted Kyle Hamilton in the first round this year, who's really a an interesting hybrid sort of player who can be a linebacker, who can be a defensive back. You can kind of put him in many different places. You can plug him in different holes and uh, he can do a lot for you. He's a great tackler good sense of where the ball is, a big physical guy. So I think he can kind of uh, fill in a lot of those gaps. And he's got some pass rushing potential as well. I mean, again, he's a big guy, 6'4", 220. He's got a good build. So, you know, I'm interested to see if McDonald uses him as maybe like a surprise edge rusher in in some packages or they... You know, I I think these hybrid players are starting to become uh, a new thing that NFL defensive coordinators are trying to utilize more because he's a big dude, he's an athletic guy, and there are a lot of ways you can use him. So maybe if the D-line is a little thin, if they're missing some guys on the interior, uh, maybe pull Hamilton down, see what he can do on the edge, maybe put him in more of a linebacker spot and throw defenses off that way. I think that could be an interesting... Uh, strategy if if the Ravens ever want to use it.
1: Yeah, and they still have Chuck Clark as well, so he'll probably play some uh, dime back for them. Sure. Uh, and that will be more in the box. So they, they definitely have more depth in the secondary, potentially some hits, though, to the depth in the D-line. We'll move on. We'll talk uh, Steelers breaking news just a few moments ago. Minka Fitzpatrick has received a new contract that will pay him $18 million a year. For a safety, now this is one of the top safeties in the NFL, but is this an overpay by the Steelers? I mean, I don't know. I feel like with the cap going up, it's it's hard to to read an overpay necessarily. I mean, and this is a productive player, but that's a lot of money to spend on a safety, a position that, depending on the organization, isn't valued typically very highly. I mean, the Ravens just spent a lot of money on Marcus Williams, and he's never even made the Pro Bowl or been an All Pro, so.
3: Yeah, I guess that's just kind of what the market demands. You know, If, it, as you just said, there are a lot of signings in the offseason where guys are getting 15, $16 million a year. So for a guy like Fitzpatrick, who's been a pro bowler and an all-pro player before, I think eighteen is probably uh, right around the range where he should be paid. That seems to be his market value. And I think it's a smart move for Pittsburgh. You know, you've, you've got a talented player— like Fitzpatrick who can who can really play all over the field he's super rangy uh really good at reading the ball as well so you might as well lock him up while you have him you know you're the Steelers your identity has always been defense and especially now when you have a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky whoever ends up starting and you've got a a young core on offense this is going to be a team that's going to rely pretty heavily on their defense to win them games uh and they've got cornerstone pieces there like t.j watt cam hayward uh devin bush among others so you might as well just lock up your best players right now and really ride them to uh to success this year you know again it's going to be a very hit or miss season offensively i think for pittsburgh just because they haven't had ben at quarterback for the first time in almost 20 years you know you're you're gonna see what kenny pickett can do or you're gonna go with trubisky as the starter And neither one of those guys are proven quality starters in the NFL. Trubisky has more experience, of course, but he had a very up-and-down tenure with Chicago, and there's no guarantee that he's going to light the world on fire right away. So, uh, you know, you've got a, a really nice young running back in Najee Harris, but, again, there are some question marks surrounding the youth and inexperience of the Steeler offense. So, in my opinion you know ride the defense lock up those guys and and you know go with your defense is the way to win games this year because that's probably your best bet if you want to have another winning or at least a 500 season
4: I completely agree they uh locked up what last year for year 112 million dollar uh extension Fitzpatrick now getting as you guys said uh eighteen point four million per year, thirty six million dollars guaranteed at signing, which now makes him the highest paid uh safety in NFL history, comparing it to Jamal Adams, who was uh seventeen and a half million dollars per deal. I like it. Minka Fitzpatrick has uh done great there for the Steelers since he uh was traded to them from the uh dolphins in exchange for that first round pick in 2019 11 interceptions back when three the dolphins defenses, were
3: openly yeah, tanking too. three
4: defensive touchdowns as well already so i think it's a uh, great idea to lock down your defense there in uh pittsburgh because that's as i said with the ravens what you're going to probably have to rely on
1: well i don't know if the ravens will have to rely on their defense with an mvp quarterback but uh it in terms be, of yeah we'll see who does he? Well, who around? knows? I
3: mean, the MVP quarterback might not. Uh, you know, he exactly. showed up. To he's minicamp. not happy right now. I mean, but he showed up, but that doesn't mean he's <laughs> he's sticking around.
1: Relax. <laughs>
3: it, you he have could to talk relocate. about it. It's it's he it, could
1: relocate. Yeah,
3: there's potential, but
1: but uh, one last thing here on Minka, I would I would say, in the Steelers situation, I think we kind of touched on it, but having a rookie quarterback or a cheaper quarterback option. You don't really have to pay them money, so you pay those other players around them money. And you can, if Kenny Pickett works out, it could be a big part of a potential run for the Steelers down the line, but that all kind of depends on him. A last topic here in this segment, we'll talk about these comments from Bruce Smith, uh, former Buffalo Bills and Washington footballer, uh, saying that pretty much Tony Baselli. Should not be in the Hall of Fame or should not get inducted. I believe he goes in this year, and is questioning his credentials. Baselli played just six years in the league, is some of the reasons why Smith, or is one of the reasons why Smith uh, questions it. And supposedly, people really highlight this 1993 wild card game between Bruce Smith and or the Bills and the Jaguars, where uh, Baselli dominated Bruce Smith as a reason he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't. No, I haven't heard that before. It
3: was uh, 96. Was oh, I'm the sorry. Year. Yeah, that's, that's okay.
1: right. The Jaguars weren't a franchise yet in 93. Well, I. it's
3: an interesting discussion, and, um, you know, <laughs> Bruce Smith, if anybody can come out and criticize you, you know, Bruce Smith is a 19-year uh, player in the NFL, a, a Hall of Famer, probably the best defensive lineman ever. You could put him or, you Reggie know, Lawrence White. Taylor, Reggie White, whoever up there with them, but in terms of getting pure quarterback sacks, there's no one really even in his stratosphere. The most Denver, so yeah, yeah, 200 sacks in a career is mind blowing. So, um, you know, he he's certainly has the resume to back up his words. But I, I don't necessarily agree with the argument that only playing six years. And of course, there are other things that he criticized him for. But the point that he didn't play long enough to me is not all that relevant of a point because there are some great players in the Hall of Fame that were absolutely worthy of being in the Hall of Fame that didn't have very long careers. Uh, The name that sticks out to me right away is Gale Sayers, the former Bears running back in the 60s, who also only played six years. Um, But he set numerous records when he was in Chicago. He scored six touchdowns in one game, which uh, he was the last player to do that, I think, before Alvin Kamara did that a few years ago. So... Just a, a great return man, a great running back on some pretty good Bears teams. He absolutely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Earl Campbell is another player that comes to mind. He was also a running back for the Oilers in the 70s. And he had a short career. He only played, I think, eight years. Um, but he won an MVP. He uh, won the rushing title as a rookie in the, in 78 for the, for the Oilers. So um, because of injuries and stuff, I don't think you can like discount that from a player's legacy and their career achievements because most players can't do anything if they get hurt like it's not in their control you know and Baselli, when he played was a top two top three tackle in the league and you know I I don't I don't support the argument that if you don't play long enough you can't uh be a, a hall of fame caliber
4: player to me, just reading the article right now, at least the way they worded it, it seems like uh, Bruce, Bruce Smith's kind of just still upset and has beef uh, with the fact that Baselli dominated him in that playoff game. That's his uh, reasoning as to why he thinks he's getting in, is because of that one playoff game, and he says he shouldn't be because, as you said, the shortened career, as well as he didn't have to protect the blind side because he had a left-handed quarterback.
3: Mark Burnell, that's right. Who,
4: who cares? If he was good... You should be in. Yeah. Well look, I mean the guy I don't get
3: this argument like, the guy played six years and he was an all pro every year he played. Yeah. That's that's argument enough, I
1: think. Like and Bruce Smith, I don't know why he's coming out and attack sorry, Nick, this, but uh, what, was it somebody just like asked Bruce Smith like in a bar or something like Do you yeah. think Tony Vaselli should be in the Hall of Fame? like, it's what like what I'm tired of hearing about you know? Tony Vaselli in nineteen ninety six. Where did this
3: come <laughs> from? Like Bruce Smith has enough career accomplishments I don't understand why he's so fired up about this right now
1: it's that's why I just brought it up on the show because I thought it was just a funny topic like why does Bruce Smith want to take away somebody's achievement yeah. of why making the care? hall of fame
2: yeah
1: uh, I thought the Brunel point was kind of interesting but I don't really agree with it necessarily I mean yeah. right tackles get into the hall of fame if you have a right-handed exactly. quarterback so what's really the difference and if he dominated you he must have been at least pretty good on one day and probably pretty good most days uh but i think that does it for this segment of the program we'll take a a two-minute break on the other side of that break we will uh get into the stanley cup along with some local news in terms of washington sports that's coming up on the other side of this break
5: advanced technology, compassionate care. That's what you get with WV Medicine General Surgery. Our expert team of board-certified surgeons at WV Medicine Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center combines state-of-the-art technology with patient-centered medical care. With three convenient locations, WV Medicine General Surgery offers a variety of robotic and laparoscopic surgery options featuring revolutionary treatments resulting in better surgical outcomes and quicker recoveries. For appointments, call 304-596-2150.
0: Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10.
1: We welcome you back into this Wednesday, June fifteenth, twenty 2022 edition of the Sports Mix, this segment of the program brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you, and if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to Hagerstownford.com.
3: I'm liking the new music choices that we're getting here,
4: Colin. That's right. Yeah. We're we're getting some variety. Gotta mix, mix things and, up on the sports mix. Yeah. Hey, it's the sports mix. Exactly. It's in the name.
3: Yeah.
1: I like Are it. Are you saying that Colin should run the board maybe all the time? N- i no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. That's nah, what you're but, implying. Um,
3: you know, I I'm
1: I'm just trying to show him appreciation for just throwing. I appreciate the
4: appreciation
1: yeah. I'm just reading in between the lines here but one guy that won't be in between the lines for a little bit hey Steven Strasburg going oh, on the 15 day that's a segue. injured list we'll start with him because he's more local than the Stanley Cup and I don't know how many takes Avery and I have really on the cup but uh, Strasburg to the injured list again really just an update here I mean we knew he was hurt we talked about that the other day on the show, but now going on the 15-day IL, and it, it sounds a little bit better than what we might have thought originally uh, for Steven Strasburg's st- status.
3: I, You know, it brings into question to me why they even started him last week in the first place, mm-hmm. if he was just going to go right on the IL again.
1: I mean, they didn't know that. Yeah, but you'd have to assume if— That's like saying, why should you play week one of the NFL season if you knew— Your running back was going to tear his ACL.
3: Right, but he was already hurt. He was coming back from an injury when he was making that start, and didn't they bring him back a little early too? Like he, anyway. To me, I don't know.
4: I think so. Oops. To me, why are you playing with that? I
3: don't know. It was right there. Anyway, if if you're the Nationals this season, you don't really have a lot of hopes for being all that successful this year. I don't think there's any reason for them to rush Steven Strasburg back from the IL to try and pitch him. If y- you don't really have much of a chance of, of being a good team this year, like you're clearly in rebuilding mode. Uh, Strasburg is one of your better players in franchise history. So maybe the the thinking was if they brought him back, it would bring some goodwill with the fan base and you know, more people would be tuning into games and whatever. And, and that's fine. I understand that, but it, you know why risk it why risk the guy getting injured and spending more time away from the team again if you're not a competing team if you're not going to be a playoff team this year i think personally just let him have the rest time that he needs let him have the recovery time that he needs and worry about developing your younger pitchers because this is not again yeah i don't mean to hammer this point home so much but if the Nationals were in playoff contention this year, then yeah, I would understand probably trying to get Strasburg some more major league reps again. But where your team is right now, I think that is an important factor in you know deciding who gets to play and when they get to play. And this Nationals team is not a playoff team right now. And I think you're probably better off as a team just letting him rest and recover.
1: Well, he hasn't really pitched in about two years. And I think they got about 35 million reasons why he should be out there because that's how much they're paying him to play they don't play him to go on the il uh
4: yeah but if i mean it says that or at least dave martinez said that the injuries related to what ended his season last year and even though he's on the 15 day il they also stated that they don't know when he'll be able to return so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on the IL for even longer than 15 days
1: well I mean ultimately though it's Strasburg's decision whether he plays or not so I'm sure he felt ready to go out there and play and if he felt like he was ready why not have him out there because you are paying him like I said you don't want to just have him sit out this whole season and have it be 35 million down the drain
3: yeah Spencer's saying that uh he felt good and so that's why they were coming him back the GM and the the medical staff all agreed too that he he looked okay so that's what Spencer's saying from the beach right now um so yeah you know I guess if if he's feeling all right then it's not too terrible decision but again I I think that the the value
1: does sitting him do for the franchise
3: well I mean none, but it doesn't. But what value does? I mean they're they're not really trying to do anything right now. They're not trying to win. They're not in a competitive mode. So what? It doesn't. If you're not trying to win, you just shouldn't
1: play any of your players.
3: That's a little extreme. (laughs) I mean, that's that's just
1: how I'm reading into it here.
3: I don't, but, okay, but look, how many major league teams right now are not trying to win? Most. You you could make an argument for 10-ish teams that are actively in tank mode, the Nats and the Orioles, frankly, included. So you have a lot of money locked up in this guy, sure, but you're just going to pay him to not, you know, I, well, I actually kind of proved your point there. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like if he recovers and he's better down the line because he's had more time to recover through his injury, then you're making... It makes more sense. Like, that yeah. money is more well spent if he's healthy and he's more consistent rather than just getting two starts a year out of him.
4: Because he it, only had, what, three rehab starts? I don't remember exactly. And he's pitching I don't against like double-A yeah.
3: competition. Like, you're you're setting him up for failure. I mean, his first start, what, he gave up like seven earned. He had yep. five walks. He, the he only terrible, start. frankly. And you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like they they probably they, could have managed they it a little it. better. Yeah,
1: if he said he was ready to go, team thought he was ready to go, the Dodgers thought he was ready to go. I don't think they really rushed it there, in my opinion. But uh, we'll move on. I think so. Let's get into. Let me talk. Which owners do we want to talk about first, the Angelus or the uh, Snyder's?
3: Well, I mean, probably the Snyder's because that's more relevant to, you know. To this area, I was just
1: letting you guys pick and choose.
3: Yeah, let's go, Snyder's.
1: All right, Colin, you probably have more information on this than I do. Because essentially, they're not going into the court session, is what Dan Snyder said.
4: Yeah, we talked about it as uh, it came out here before the show via the Washington Post that uh, Dan Snyder has uh, announced that he will not be uh, going in front of Congress, and uh, I'll now let Avery say uh, his take on it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Dan w- Snyder is obviously. not going
3: to, uh, to show up for this session. In other words, the, the sky's blue.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think everybody Water expected <laughs> it. Uh, it's an obvious thing if they're giving him the option. Why would he? And obviously, as a fan, I'd like him to. So hopefully it would help get him out. Yeah, but I mean, he had no... Him and Goodell, even though Goodell hasn't came out and said that uh, he probably won't go in front of them next week. I would not be surprised if he does follow suit.
3: Again, it's not a criminal case. It's not like you know, there's a warrant or anything out for them. They don't have to show up. It's purely just for the legal process to see if they can try and get any information out of him. And, of course, he's not going to do that because he's going to self-incriminate himself and yep. give away that information, which, uh, you know, is a bad move on his part if he were to do that. So yeah it's not surprising at all i i fully expected him to not show up i think we said it on the show when the news first came out a few weeks ago that there is no way he was going to show up and lo and behold he he publicly said he wouldn't do it so not surprising there um but in either event whether he shows up or not there's still a very strong case against him out there yeah and i think it was just kind of a wild you know we might as well try it sort of thing um But there is a very strong case, and there's plenty of evidence out there against him for withholding money from the other owners and just all the other accusations that he's, you know, that are levied against him right now. So
4: Yeah, it looks bad that he's not, but he already looks bad, and it would be worse if he actually did and had to answer the questions that he was going to be asked or on the stand refusing to or answer some of those questions would be uh, 10 times worse for him in that situation. So makes sense for him not to We'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah. I think that pretty much sums it up. And then on the uh, Orioles sign of things, Georgia Angeles released a statement today. It's available on the Orioles social media pages if you'd like to read it, but essentially it's now kind of the opposite of what we thought initially. Uh, her and John appear to be on the same side, which initially we thought she was against John. Angelo's And uh, kind of just more friction and tension in Baltimore. But the statement remains pretty much the same, that the Orioles are staying, and that was never the intention. Uh, and this is developing into a very odd situation that the family that owns a franchise is debating amongst each other. I guess, who really has control of the franchise.
3: And it's all public now, which I think adds another wrinkle to it. Like, it's very, it's all public knowledge. Everything that was alleged in the lawsuit is out. Anyone can read it if they want. And I think that makes it a lot more difficult because, again, this is a family. These are all, you know, this is a mother and her two sons that are fighting about all this stuff. And I think that makes it very hard for the three of them to just kind of sit down and work out their issues now that all of this is out in the open and everyone is speculating about what's true and what's not. And you know, what else is out there and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it just, that aspect of it is really making it a lot more difficult than it might need to be. Um, but with that, with all that said, it, <laughs> it's, man, this, this story is just taking a lot of different turns because last week, here we are thinking that John was this rogue actor who was, you know, assuming complete and absolute control over the team and was disregarding what everybody else was saying and was, was hiring yes men and all these accusations were being thrown out there that he wanted to move the team and he wanted complete control and was throwing the rest of the family out. And then here comes Georgia today who says, no, that's not true. Like John and I have been working in tandem. And from the the picture that that statement was painting kind of turns the the table a little bit now lewis is kind of the guy who uh according to the statement anyway is kind of acting on his own here and is filing this lawsuit uh with you know from his perspective his mother was on his side and now she's publicly coming out and saying no actually you know my full faith and support is in john for his leadership of the team and that really just that's you know it's crazy really crazy
4: i feel like it's all he said she said and i just don't want it to uh distract team wise being an orioles fan and don't know too much about it on who to trust as a fan never liked the uh angelos too much obviously because the orioles haven't had success lately and a lot of people feel like it's because they won't uh put enough money into the team so until then i'm just gonna do my best to ignore this let it play out and see what happens to the angelos family because of
1: it yeah that's kind of how i am too you know just Hopefully the Orioles continue to go in the positive direction. I think they're going on the field, and this off-the-field stuff gets cleaned up. But uh, we'll take a break, our final break here on the Sports Mix. When we return, we'll make a prediction for the Stanley Cup, and we'll talk more Nats and Os on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRR and TV 10.
5: Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. Hi, I'm Aiden. And I'm Kenan. And we We are Sahara Sahara Dry Dry Basement. Basement. Are you tired of getting water in your basement every time it rains? Or worse, even when it doesn't. Water leads to deterioration. And
1: costs you money. Call Sahara Dry Basement. And let's work together to fix your wet basement problems today. We use the best products available, and we are so confident in our work that we give you a lifetime guarantee. That's right. We do it right the first time or the follow-up visit is on us. We also do crawl spaces, dryer vent, and duct cleaning, too. To learn more, go to SaharaDryBasements.com.
0: You're tuned into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and
1: TV 10. We welcome you into the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Virginley, Kyle McLaughlin, and Avery Newport here on the show. Only have a few minutes left, so we'll quickly kind of, I guess, make a prediction for the Stanley Cup and how many games we think, even though Avery and I have probably not watched any of the playoffs. I watched a very brief amount, but...
3: Yeah, I watched a little bit of the first round, um, but yeah, you know, I... <laughs> The Rangers are back in it again for the third year. of the, uh, the Lightning. The Lightning. Rangers beat blew the a Rangers. lead. Yeah, Come on. and uh, well, I was thinking Rangers. Cause make they make beat your the prediction because you
1: already blew your credibility here. Wow! Ouch! Uh,
4: I'll go <laughs> Lightning wrong. in seven. All right. Ooh. You what think do you got? Three repeat. Give me Colorado in
1: seven. Yeah,
4: I think Colorado it'll be a good was series.
1: The second best Colorado's team in good. the NHL. Tampa. Yes,
3: yeah. they were only a few, like two or three points behind Florida.
1: I'll go. Uh, I'll go with Tampa because of the experience. I want to see the three P. Spencer giving
4: me a prediction, or is he just still fighting with us? Who knows? Oh, never mind. That was Avery just with a late text. I it don't know why a late it was late text. I sent it like two hey, I just ago. got it. Oh, I don't know why. Weird. That's okay. cool that
1: you guys text each other when you're right next to each you're
4: other. You're literally in it. Yeah, Shut but up.
1: I didn't text. Yeah, you never do. You're
3: you're just never never involved here, Nick. Come on.
1: I, wow. I mean, most All of right, it's no random fun. stuff Let's that I don't this. care about, but. Uh, We'll wrap up the show here. Uh, Again, the Nationals are on tonight after Legion. We'll join that game in progress between the Nats and the Atlanta Braves. we got Legion baseball tonight on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 beginning at 640 as the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets take on Leesburg uh, for their first game on TV 10 and Talk Radio WRNR this season. Definitely looking forward to that. For Colin Avery, I'm Nick. Saying so long. We'll talk to you, to you tomorrow.
4: Still have like forty-five seconds, man. We've <laughs> went over. <laughs> Yesterday I was one minute all thing. the way
1: up to Come the on. thing. Today I was. All right.
3: Well, hey, Spencer texts us his prediction. We'll read it real quick. He says ABS and seven. So that's his that's his take for the Stanley Cup. Cool. There you go.
1: All right. To be so fair, I, c- I don't know how much we everybody. really have because I'm not looking at it. Whenever this plays, it's a minute. Rounds. I'll right, count well, your head next time
4: we'll okay. get better tomorrow I believe in you
1: you know it was a good show we'll see yeah I would agree <laughs>
5: I'm Peter King in Orlando. We should know how high interest rates will go after the Federal Reserve finishes its meeting in about an hour. The Fed is looking for that Goldilocks number, you know, the one that's just right. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. The
4: Fed is trying to thread this very, very narrow needle. The Fed is trying to reduce...